It's Friday night, and the mood is right. We're gonna have some fun, show you how it's done, T-G-I-F. All right, welcome to week 125 of the Two Guys Into Friday's podcast. My name is Steven, and that over there is Travis. Hey. Are you gonna get packages, Steve? Did I what? Did you get any good packages? No. Not, no. Not for me. Okay. Um. Hey, we're a TGIF podcast. Hey. We uh, <laughs> we watch shows like the ones that came on TGIF thirty years after we do. they come on TGIF. Do we have a delay? Are we okay? You sound a little hot, and I don't know. You're kind of responding with a delay, but I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not what sure happens. what's going on exactly. We'll see what happens. Um. Few things to get out of the way that first. Uh, thanks to Aishar for the theme song this week. Thanks, Aishar. Appreciate it. And uh, if you want to send in your own version of the TGIF theme song, you can do that. Just send us an email, tgifcast at gmail.com. And while you're doing that, uh, follow us on all social media at tgifcast. We got a YouTube channel too. Just search Two Guys in a Fridays. Yes. Share, like, all the fun stuff. So we've got some episodes. It was four new ones this week. But before we get into that, um, let's uh, look at what was going on in the world 30 years ago. Now, these are episodes that would have aired when? These would have aired February 7th, 1992. Uh, I only pulled one story. Uh, February 6th, okay. 1992. Uh, it was Late Night with David Letterman's 10th anniversary show. They did it at Radio City Music Hall. And that's not why I pulled it. The reason why I pulled it is uh, one of the three guests that he had on that day. Was it Madonna? It was Billy Connolly. Oh, no way. Yeah. So that's pretty cool that he was that on is the, fun. the 10th anniversary show. Yeah, that's that's cool. That's real cool. Um, but yeah, that's all I pulled. Uh, one of the girls from the Breeders and then uh, some other guy. Kim Deal or Kelly Deal? I don't remember which one it was now. One, one of the Deal sisters, I'm sure. It was it was definitely one of them, but I don't remember which one. You know, one of them. It was, Breeders are great. It was Kim. Yeah, and then Frank Black. That's awesome. He does. He's he does like acting and composing and stuff. I don't know if he was the big yep. guest or, or what, but isn't Frank? Aren't Frank Black and Kim De- Kim Deal the Pixies? Oh, that makes sense. So why were they both on there? I mean, were they both? I didn't watch. Obviously, I didn't go back and watch the 10th anniversary, but they're listed kind of separately. But I wonder if they were actually on there together. I wonder if the I, I wonder if the Pixies Frank just performed. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Kim Deal and Frank Black. I thought so. I didn't want to say that because I couldn't remember which one of the Deal sisters was a pixie. But yeah, that's two of the pixies. They probably just performed, right? I have no idea. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why they were there. I mean, you would think so, right? Billy Conley was on there. That's all that matters. That's cool. cool. Uh, movies and music. What do we got? Yeah, no change in the movie. Uh, it's still the Hand of the Rock's Cradle. This is the last week, though, so we'll have something new next week. Um, there's a lot of like long runs this year, so we'll have a few of these kind of like blocks of of the same movie. Um, song though is the live version of "Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me" with uh, um, Elton John and uh, George Michael. Um, so I looked up kind of to get a little bit of background here. Uh-huh. So I, it's originally obviously a, a, a an Elton John song. But in 91 on on George Michael's cover to cover tour, he was he performed it a lot. And at the the last show of the tour, which was in Wembley in March of 91, Elton John came out. They sang it together. 
recorded it, released it, number one song this week in 1992. Did they do like, I don't know if you know the answer to this. I probably shouldn't ask because I don't know if you know the answer, but uh, did they do like a whole album of that uh, show or was it just that song? I, I don't know. I have okay. no idea. But you know what's interesting? I'm looking at it even more now. And the, the, it was actually released in November of 91, this live version. So I don't know why it didn't go to number one until much later. But uh, it did. Yeah. So. I mean, maybe maybe it was an album that got released then. And then, like, they pushed the single or something later on. It, no, it says it was. I'm looking still more. It, so it was only released as a single. And then it was released on Elton John's Greatest Hits compilation and Love Songs compilation, um, you know, much later. But yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really seem to say why it was. Well, let me see. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure why it kind of had that late, late burn, but it did. I know why. Michael Jackson, why? black or white. They were just sick of it. They, it, it just, yeah, they needed something. You're convinced. I, I see. I remember a much different Michael Jackson than you from back then because I don't remember anybody ever being sick of Michael Jackson, no matter how you many can't times hear you hear that heard. song that many times. It's just not. It well, can't. I understand your perspective, and I am with you. But I'm telling you, back then, Michael Jackson, you could have played 24 seven, seven days a week, and he and nobody would have cared. Mm-hmm. Nobody would have would have complained one bit. I don't know. I get tired of just thinking about the music video. <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree necessarily, but it was a different world, man. All right, fine. Uh, episodes, you want to get into them? Yeah, no birthdays. So yeah, let's do episodes. We got a full week this week. Full week, starting off with Family Matters season three, episode seventeen. The name of the episode is "Food Lies and Videotape." I think that's the right one, right? Sounds right. All right, so it starts off with uh, Laura in the kitchen. She's making some breakfast. Um, she's got Steve Urkel on the phone. He must have called her for some reason. He's trying to get her off the phone. She's also cooking something in the oven, which uh, then goes up in flames. We've got a fire going on in the oven. Uh, she hangs like up the full phone. Full on catches on fire. Yeah, it's a bad one. Um, she quickly hangs up the phone. As she hangs up the phone, Steve Urkel magically appears at the back door with a fire extinguisher and puts it out. I like that he's actually starts like like spraying the fire extinguisher like like he's having fun. You could tell that Jaleel White is having fun just messing around with the fire extinguisher. Yeah, I think everyone wants to just shoot a fire extinguisher every once in a while. Yeah, absolutely, of course. So um, once he does put it out, she ends up thanking him and tells him that uh, she's going to give him a compliment, but it means nothing more than that. And he sa- <laughs> she says, "You did good, Steve." And she said he he immediately replies, "You love me, don't you?" And then. Shoots the fire, yeah. shoots the fire extinguisher. I think in between his legs a couple more times. He does. He just he just starts unloading it all over the place. Um, yeah, this is, and this is kind of becoming more of a reoccurring bit. I thought it was going to be a couple one offs, but this is definitely more of a like. Anytime she says anything nice, he's like, "You love me, yeah. don't you?" Um, so after the theme song, we come back. We are pretty much right where we left off. Steve and Laura are cleaning up the kitchen. Harriet comes downstairs trying to figure out what ha- what happened. She smells the uh, smoke, I guess. And um, I guess Laura explains to her what happens. Steve leaves. Um, Laura feels bad about it, but she kind of feels like she needs to learn how to do more things like cook and stuff because she's going to be going to college eventually and uh, she needs to be able to do things herself. Yep. Yeah. And that's exactly what she says. She says, you know, I need to learn how to I need to learn how to do more of these kind of like cooking and things like that. So she makes a decision to sign up for home at class. Yeah, because like she's like her mom offers to help Harriet, and uh, I think Laura says something like, "You're not the most patient teacher," and then like that's where they decide that home ec might be the right choice. 
her family really like comes out and lets her know like the this and the episode where she worked out you know helped out rachel she's like people just really have a short patience with with harriet yeah so uh the next scene uh carl gets home and he's got a video camera he says something like he got it from work or mm-hmm. something like i don't know if it was left behind for evidence or I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's for state. No, he says. He says he finally. He, he splurged on. He finally spent oh. the money that he wanted to buy one. Oh, I thought he just took it from the office for some reason. No, no. He definitely. He definitely lets you know that he. This was like a big purchase that he'd been wanting it, and he finally just pulled the trigger and, and bought this camera. Yeah, and he's like shooting video like immediately as he walks in the house. It seems like he's making like a documentary of himself or something. But um, you know, just home movies. And um, he tells. Uh, I think what is it? Estelle's in there right now, right? Yeah, Estelle's kind of just hanging out and knitting or, or whatever, you know, crochet. I'm not quite sure exactly what she was doing. Yeah, and he's like, look, we can film all of our special occasions. And Carl tells his mom that um, he is the only one that's allowed to use it, though. No one else can film but him. No one else can touch it. And she says, well, how are you going to be in any of the videos? And he says, I've got a remote. It's cool. We're good. Uh, the next scene goes to Laura's home ec class. We're at school. We're in home ec. We see uh, Waldo's there. Steve signed up for the class. And uh, is this the Cass- first? Cassie Lynn. Yeah. Is this the first time we met Cassie Lynn or no? No. Cassie Lynn was the 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 cheerleader. Uh, co- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've already got kind yeah. of like bad blood between Laura and Cassie Lynn already. Yeah. Yeah. We already have Cassie Lynn established as someone who is not not very popular with Laura. Uh, the first thing Cassie Lynn does is comment on Laura's outfit and saying that it looks like she's going for that thrift store uh, look. And yeah. uh, Laura gets a little mad about that and then points out Cassie Lynn's zit on her face, which Cassie Lynn does not like. <laughs> right. right. Um, Laura goes over to Waldo, questions why he is in the class. And uh, she says, is it just because it's an easy class? And he's like, uh, I'm just trying to get a D or something like that. And then uh, the teacher comes yeah. in and it's, teacher that we know already right this is miss Steuben. yeah she's the teacher um that that we've seen a few times and she actually kind of uh, semi calls back a, a, an earlier episode here in a few minutes but yeah the one thing about waldo that i wanted to mention is waldo does admit that yeah he thinks it's going to be an easy class because to him a d is a is him getting a good grade and he'd be happy and he'd be thrilled with that grade. yeah so miss Steuben goes over to waldo tells him it's not an easy class and then uh she sees steve and she's like steve why are you in this class we had a conversation you told me that if there was any class that you would not take it would be home ec and that's why i signed up to teach this class and now here you are and we saw that in an earlier episode where I can't remember what the, if it was the baby episode or if it was a science fair episode, but she was teaching a class that he was in. Something went crazy. And she's like, just tell me what class you're not going to take next year. Uh, and that's what, that's what she's referencing. Yep. So uh, it skips ahead a little later in the class. Um, all the students are pulling out food from the oven. Most of them are pulling out bread. It seems like bread was the assignment. Bread. And yeah. um, the, uh, let's see. Oh, Laura's pulls out hers, and it's not great, right? Like, I can't remember. It looks, it looks fine, except we find out that she dropped her watch in it, and so she baked oh, yeah. her watch into into the bread. I and then like we go to Cassie Lynn. doughy, too, though, like when she pulls out that watch. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, it wasn't as bad as, like, a first attempt at baking bread probably could have been. It was, it was kind of just, like, middle of the road for home at class. Yeah. But, but then we go to Cassie Lynn. Cassie Lynn didn't even bother to bake bread. She just bought bread and brought it in. And didn't even uh, didn't even take it out of the wrapper. It's still in the like plastic yeah. wrap. Yep, that's it. That's what she did. 
And then we get the big surprise. She goes over to Waldo, and Waldo has, uh, first, he unveils a perfectly cooked turkey. Right, which he cooked, I guess, in a half hour, 45-minute class. Yeah, so the assignment was to make bread, which he did also. He's got a beautifully uh, baked loaf of bread. but uh, Looks great. He uh, got a little bored, so he decided he was going to make some stuffing. And if he was going to make some stuffing, he needed something to stuff, so he decided to make a turkey as well. That's what he did. That's what he did. Um, but yeah, Miss Dubin's like complimenting him, saying how great he is, and actually gives him an A, which he's got a little trouble understanding because he has never gotten one of those before. <laughs> he's got what, what do you say? He's gonna go home and like, he, oh, he wants her to write it down on a piece of paper so he can take it home and show his family. Yeah, so he can. He said like, so I can read it to my mom or something like that. That's right. That's <clears throat> right. Yeah. So yeah. then we realize Steve Urkel though he might be having the most trouble out of anyone in this class. This whole home. Oh, he absolutely thing. is is yep. brand new to him um he he's is he still mixing ingredients i can't remember he he can't get his bread to rise like he's having trouble getting the 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 dough to rise and it's still it's still just like unrisen dough yeah so the bell rings uh the teacher's like look steve i mean i can't give you an a for this i'm gonna have to give you a c and uh, i mean it's uncooked and steve starts freaking out he's never heard of a c when it comes to his grades and uh ends up passing out right there on the floor yep Right there. So then, is this girl's name Wanda or LaWanda? Neither. It's Vonda with a V. Or Vonda. We know Vonda. V- Vonda was in that earlier episode where Steve where, is at the like uh, restaurant. Like, yep. She they yep, end yep. up dating or whatever, so he can help. Well, they her don't date, but yeah, yeah, you got it. You're um, Vonda. So Eddie and Vonda are on the couch. Um, they're studying history. Eddie tries to uh, start making out with her. Um, she kind of pushes him. Start off. making out. She pushes them off for a second, and then they start kissing. That's okay. That's fair. And uh, as they are doing this, Richie and Judy come in. Richie has Carl's video camera, and they start filming the two of them kissing. Um, I think eventually Eddie sees them. They stop kissing, and Vonda leaves at this point. Yeah, there's a there's a funny comment he, that Richie says here, which is that he's going to send it to America's yuckiest home videos. <laughs> That is good. I thought that was funny. That was good. Um, Eddie chases Vonda out the door, and uh, then Richie decides that he wants to uh, watch all the footage that they've recorded so far with uh, with Judy. He goes to flip the camera over to its view mode and ends up dropping and breaking the video camera right there on the ground. Right on the ground. Um, so then we go to a ne- the next day at Home Ec. Um it is now poultry day, which we know Waldo's already completed pretty much. But um, the teacher goes around looking at everyone's food. Um, Laura's doing great now. It seems like she's picking up this cooking thing. Yeah, she's learning. Yeah, just do what a normal person would do. Um, Steve's still struggling. Waldo still crushing it. And he created, um, not only did he make like a whole dinner, we also find out that he has recently catered Miss Steuben's uh, dinner party at her house. Yeah, I was jealous because he made a goose. I've been begging for a goose for like a year now. Yeah, does it taste like a that much goose? different than like chicken or turkey? I haven't had a goose. I can't remember the last time I had a goose, but in my mind it does. My in my mind it tastes more like duck. And yeah. I could I could be completely wrong. I I can't remember, and that's why I want to eat it is because I want to remember what it tastes like. I don't know. In my head, poultry it's just different variations of dryness. What about like, duck? You don't think duck? I feel like it all. Do you think duck is just? I feel like it all tastes oh, about the same. I, so I know you are. You turkey, are an turkey. always ordered duck guy. If it's on the menu, I love you like duck. to order it. Duck is good. 
turkey is the worst turkey is probably one of the worst like meats that you can put in front of me yeah, chicken not- chicken's got to be done right like it's real for me it's really hard to make good chicken and most of the time it's not good hmm. but i love duck i'll eat duck all day yeah i have eaten duck all day um, so where are we at here? She says, uh, to Waldo that he could really become a great chef if he sticks with it. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then we've got the Steve Urkel issue. His, uh, he created yes. like, um, he like scientifically created like some new kind of yeast or something, right? Yeah. Some super yeast and he calls it Urk yeast. And as they look over at the oven, the Urk yeast, uh, pretty much triples in size is what he says like oh every second or 30 <laughs> seconds or something like that and the entire oven what door flies open and we have like this mountain puddle of gooey yeast just flowing out like a waterfall i hated this gag i Why? absolutely hated this gag because oh. it is i don't think it comes off the way that they wanted it to come off the idea the idea here that we're supposed to think is that this yeast is taking over the room and it just like pours out of the oven Urkel and Miss Steuben kind of like throw themselves into it. And then Laura's like, let's go help Cassie Lynn. And they just dive into it, not doing anything to help. Well, she the throws only Cassie part... Lynn in there. Okay. Fair enough. The only part that's even remotely funny is when they ask Waldo to get something to help. And he grabs like tiny little cups and starts filling up each little individual cup one at a time and, yeah. and tossing the, the yeast. Like it's going to make a difference. It just, it doesn't visually do what I think they wanted it to do. It's not impressive. Like it's not to me, this like giant issue that they have to like, like dive on the floor to, I don't know. It just seems so, it seems like they went, they were trying to go for bigger and didn't work. They worked with what they had and it just, I don't know. It it didn't do anything for me. Not only did I love this gag. um, This is a very (laughs) memorable gag that I remember very clearly when this episode started. Well, okay. I don't. I didn't. I hated it. I didn't like it at all. All right. Back to the Winslow's house. Um, <laughs> Rachel brings Richie in to talk to Carl in the living room. Richie's crying. Yeah, Carl's getting ready for work. Uh, he's crying, and he tells Carl that he broke the video camera, and Carl um, appreciates him telling the truth and says that um, you've always – they talk about, like, your conscience and stuff like that or something. Like, you got to always listen. Right. And uh, Carl tells Richie at this point, too, that he already knew that Richie broke the camera. He plays the tape for Richie, and uh, he can tell that a little kid was filming it, and also that they're filming Eddie and uh, Vonda kissing on the couch. <laughs> yeah, I thought we were going to actually see like a video of the camera like pointed at Richie's face as he drops it, but no, we just get the the, the video of, of Vonda and Eddie making out. Yep, so uh, yeah, Richie admits to it. Carl's okay with it. Takes it pretty good, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he. I think he knows it was an accident, and that still, Richie is like a child. you said, he saved up and spent all this money on this camera. I'd be pretty mad. I mean, sure, it sucks, but like, you can only be so mad when it's an accident. It's yeah. not like he did anything on purpose. All right, so next we go back to Homac one last time. Uh, the dough is everywhere. Um, it's all it's over the not ground. everywhere. It's in like a very small puddle right outside of the oven. You'd be so mad if this happened at your house. There's a, yeah, I don't disagree, but like I wouldn't make it a the, you know what I think you know what I think really put it over the top for me was the music that was playing during the whole scene when the yeast was coming out was so dramatic. Like this was like the most devastating thing that's ever happened in home at class. And it I'm probably like, is. It just what do you think crazy no has happened? It's insane. Someone's burned themselves, someone's chopped a finger off. This no. is this is like 
a mess that someone's going to clean up. This, this is, is something that deal. kids at that high school are going to talk about for generations. Wrong. My, Maybe the rest my, of the day. My dad Maybe. was in home ec one time, and he made this super yeast, and it came out of the oven and took over the floor and all the, te- the teacher didn't. the teacher and all the <laughs> other kids fell in it and then they were covered and then Waldo started scooping it up with Dixie cups that's the best part but it, it literally is like a, a puddle it's not it's not even it's not, it's inconsequential all right doze everywhere and then uh Miss Steuben <laughs> um is just kind of staring sadly off into the wall of the classroom Steve she comes defeated. in and says uh, he told the janitor about the the dough, and uh, then the janitor retired. So Miss Steuben's like, you know what? I'm, that's it. I'm gonna quit. And Steve tells her, Miss Steuben, um, you're a wonderful teacher. Um, you do so much to teach not just what's in the books, but also teach like real life things. And uh, I think um, you do a great job. And teachers should. Uh, be more like you and then they hug and fall in the mess of dough yeah yeah he brings her around he kind of goes through everybody too and says this is what you taught cassie this is what you taught Lloyd. this is what you taught eddie this is what you taught me right, let's rank the episodes family matters number one <laughs> okay uh next up step by step so far so far number one Season one, episode 16, the name of the episode is bully for mark um starts off with cody he's getting home um, he's got this, uh, I think they call it Eye of the Tiger cologne, right? Was that what it was called? Uh, that's what I wrote down. I mean, I guess. Something like that. I mean, that, that sounds like it could be right. I didn't write, I didn't write it down, but that sounds like it could be right. He's like spraying it all over himself. JT's in there. He's like, yeah, this is going to work to get women. He's like, JT's like, oh, you're going to try it on Dana. And she, he's like, yeah. And he starts spraying a little more. She comes down. She makes a comment. It looks like maybe it's actually working. And they get excited. He, they spray a little more. And then she comes back from the kitchen spraying air freshener, talking about how it's the worst thing ever and wonders if they got a pet she didn't know about. And uh, I don't know. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, she's like, it's earthy and animalistic. And then she's like, did something die? I don't know. I shouldn't say that. But yeah. And then the scene ends with Cody saying, oh, another 350 down the drain. Do you think that was three dollars and three dollars? Three dollars and fifty cents. Three dollars. Okay, because I couldn't tell whether they were trying to go for the joke that it was just really cheap and that's maybe why it smelled bad, or whether he spent like three hundred fifty dollars on the fanciest cologne he could get and it didn't work. I think I couldn't tell neither of those going. are they going. I think they're going the route that uh, Cody thinks he bought something good and f- he thinks three dollars and fifty cents is a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, agree. So I think I, I still think that the joke, part of the joke, is that. It, that's one of the reasons why it was such a bad cologne yeah, was because yeah. it was so cheap. Yeah. All right. So theme song, come back. Uh, it's breakfast time. Uh, Brendan's got a box of cereal. He dumps the entire thing in his bowl just to get out the prize, which is a crappy little whistle. And uh, he's like, no one likes this cereal. It tastes like dirt. And then uh, Frank comes in and announces uh, the big news for the episode. JT is going to be running in the track meet today. He's doing the uh, the hundred meter dash, and he's a yeah, he's the new track star. It's a big deal. Um, yep. Dana starts commenting how she thinks it's not fair that athletes get all the attention, that they're celebrated too much, and then uh, Frank starts making fun of cheerleaders, and we find out Carol is a cheerleader, and he's like pretty much calling cheerleaders like bimbos right in front of Carol, which. Uh, he tries to cover up. It doesn't do a very good job. Right. He tries to walk that back. He's like, but, but not you back when I was, when we were young, it, it wasn't that way. He's talking about now. 
So all the kids grab their lunch, they head off to school, but uh, Mark is the last one who tries to sneak out real quick, but uh, as he's going out the door, Carol stops him and discovers that he has been doing what uh, he tells Carol is Max's homework, the new kid, and uh, this new kid has threatened... Max O'Connor. Max O'Connor threatened to beat him up if he didn't do the homework. Yep. Yep, he's, and he's been staying up late, not getting sleep, and the whole the whole deal. So he heads out. Well, Frank tells him, hey, Mark, head out to the truck. Um, and then Frank sticks behind, talks to Carol, and is like, Carol, I've got this. Let me handle this. I can take care of it. Well, and yeah, because Carol first says that she's going to call the school and talk to his teacher to try to get this resolved. And that's that's when Frank's like, you, you can't do that. Let me let me let me take care of this. So then we go. Um, it's after school now, uh, later in the day. JT's getting home. Um, he brags to Dana that he won the 100-meter uh, dash, and um, he's going to be getting his own story just about him in the school newspaper. And Dana's like, hey, I already know that because I'm the one <laughs> writing it. Isn't she also the editor, too? So, she, I mean, she would have known anyways. But. Is she the editor? It seemed like and she, what she said, didn't have a big role. I think that's what she said at the beginning. Yeah. She's the she's maybe she just said she worked for the paper, not that she was the editor. But she's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find some awful truths about you and then publish them in your story. <laughs> in the school newspaper. Oh yeah. So then we go to uh Al and Al is teaching Mark how to handle a bully. And Brendan. Al and Brendan. Brendan is there too. Um Yep. She's like, let me teach you this trick. You um, you put a dollar on the ground. You tell, or you tell someone to like, hey, look, there's a dollar. And then when they bend over, you just punch them. And uh, she right. gets uh, she gets Mark and Brendan to uh, test it out. And uh, Brendan or Mark's like, hey, Brendan, look, there's a dollar on the ground. And then Mar- and then Brendan's like, hey, look, Mark, there's five dollars over there. And then Mark pu- or Brendan punches Mark. It's pretty good. <laughs> it is good. This is a good scene. Um. Is that kind of the end of that? No, Carol comes down at this point. Carol comes down and she's like, "You guys got to stop. This is not what we're doing. We're not. We're we're gonna work this out, you know, peacefully." Fighting and then Frank is comes not in. the answer. Yeah, Frank comes in right. and um, he's got like the world's largest boxing gloves. Like they're not like gag boxing no. gloves, but like I didn't realize boxing gloves used to be this big, especially when he puts them on Mark because they are giant. My guess is they're probably. Either really old, even though I feel like really old boxing gloves were maybe smaller, but I think they're I think they might be training gloves that are intentionally bigger and heavier while you're training. Yeah, I don't know, but um, they uh put the gloves on Mark, and uh, this is where the doorbell rings, right? Well, first, first Frank hat tells you know Mark. Oh no, no, the, it's a whole other the, scene. We're not even there yet. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so Frank swing or Mark swings the glove, misses completely. Ends up knocking over and breaking the lamp, and Mark's like, "Well, at least, or, uh, sorry, Frank's like, at least you won't have to worry about that lamp anymore." Yeah. So then we go to so. the kitchen. Dana's working on the article. Penny comes in and just starts being real creepy, looking at all the uh, sweet real high creepy boys. She is, she is outward, like she is letting Dana know that she wants to get with all the the sweaty high school boys in the newspaper. Yeah, and like up to the point where Penny and her mom go back into the uh, salon and Penny grabs the paper and like steals it from Dana so she can <laughs> look at with her. sweaty high school boys a little more. Yeah, you, this would be, this scene would, re, would be absolutely wild if you had just switched it from a guy you know, Penny as, a, as an adult male to looking at like the cheerleaders in 
the in the paper so but it's, they, it's it's a crazy scene so they go off into the salon jt comes in um and dana starts i think telling jt like what she's writing about like all the different things that she found out well, he about, asks, right? yeah he's like tell me about the story how's it going what did he do you remember any of the stuff that she tells she tells him at this point i do so he so he she she pulls out and she's like i found this this math test you got an eight That's and right. he's like well you know not happy about that and then she's like and i found this one where you got a six and he's like well at least i'm improving um and then she also gets him to admit that he skipped school like two fridays ago yeah so then um carol gets home is that right yep carol comes in she's talking to frank and telling him that she went to pick up mark from school but he wasn't there so she's worried uh, about what's going on yeah and then mark runs in and he says he like took a different way home he like went through the like ice filled lake or something like that and then <laughs> crawled through like a river yeah this is when the doorbell rings uh mark, this is the reveal yes yeah mark looks out and it's max um he's scared he kind of hides behind frank they open the door and we find out max is actually a girl this is maxine o'connor as she introduces him or herself yeah, and she's very, like, put together, proper, seems like a very nice young lady. Yeah, it looks like um, Mark is overreacting. There's nothing wrong with this girl. So Carol right. starts to talk to her. Um, Frank's kind of humiliated by the whole idea that a girl is beating up Mark. Um, but it looks like yeah, he's real embarrassed. maybe this isn't even happening. So Carol um, pulls Max aside, and then Max starts to cry. She says she's embarrassed um, that... She just wanted Mark to notice her because she really likes Mark. So this yeah, is what she happening. never meant to like. She never meant to scare him or, or make him feel threatened or anything. Like it was all innocent. So Carol's like, "Oh, it's so cute. You should just try asking him to study or something. I'm sure that he would be into that. You don't have to try to like be mean and bully him or anything." So, um, she does, um, and she's happy, I guess. And then Carol and Frank go to the kitchen. And as they go to the kitchen, um, Mark is trying to, like, play cool like he's, like, a, a stud or something now. And then this is when she flips and, like, we find out, okay, this Max is exactly who um, Mark was saying she is because she tries to uh, get him to do her homework again. It was a ruse. Yeah, she, like, totally threatens him again, makes him do it, says, you got to do my homework. And if you tell anybody, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat you up. She, she threatens to stuff him in his locker this time. And, um, yeah. And while this is all going on, while this flip happens, we see Al is at the top of the stairs watching this entire thing go down. Yeah, she overhears everything. So into the kitchen, um, Mark doing probably his and uh, Max's homework right here. Uh, Carol and Frank right. get home, and Carol thinks that she did a great job like uh, getting this whole bully thing taken care of. She goes upstairs. And then uh, Frank tells Mark that uh, everything you did, this is great. This is the best way to take care of a bully. You've got to confront them, and that's the only way that they're going to stop. Yeah, yeah. He, he says you got to just stand up for yourself. Mm -hmm. So then we go to school. Um, Al is waiting for Max by her locker, and when she gets to the locker, Al confronts her and threatens to give her a fat lip and tells her to uh, – lay off Mark Foster. And Al is like a legend in this school for like beating up kids. Yeah. Like this Max, Max knew who she was before she like she as soon as Al said her name, Max was like, oh you're you're Al you're Al Foster or Al Lambert. Lambert. And she knew exactly who yeah, she was. Yeah Max has only been there for a few days at this point. So like word gets around quick that Al is not someone to mess with. So 
Uh, very quickly, Max is like, okay, I'm not going to do anything. And, uh, it it seems like we've got this whole thing taken care of, right? Exactly. It's over. So, uh, Mark walks over to Max and, uh, thinks that he's standing up for himself, tells her that, uh, he thought about it. He's not going to do her homework anymore. And then he gets in like a fighting stance. Like he's going to start fighting Max right there. (laughs) Al's watching this whole thing go down, and Max tells Mark that um, she's not going to bother him anymore, and uh, he's excited, runs off, sees Al, and tells her that he finally did it. He stood up for himself, and now he no longer has Max the bully. Yep. It's done. Max, or, uh, Mark did it. He Al did it, Saved the day. So oh, uh, We know Al did it. Uh, Frank and Carol back at the house looking at, uh, I think, is this Frank's yearbook or was this Carol? Yeah, I think it's Frank's yearbook. Yeah. They're looking at the yearbook. Uh, JT comes home with the school paper and um, to our surprise, the article says that uh, JT won this uh, race with brains, good looks, and charm. Not exactly. Calls Calls him a genius. Yeah, not exactly what we thought uh, Dana was going to write about. So then Dana and Karen come inside. Dana um, is mad because uh, someone rewrote uh, Dana's story. This is not the version that she turned in. Yeah, we find out that JT knows the girl who is the typesetter for the paper and uh, got her to change the entire article. Yep, so she's mad. JT's won this time. And then uh, we go to Mark telling Frank uh, what happened with Max. And uh, Al, Al's in there too, right? Kind of listening, but not telling anyone she what she did. Yep. And then Mark goes upstairs, and Carol knows exactly what Al did. And Carol th- uh, thinks that the uh, family might finally be coming together. She go. Carol goes off upstairs, and then Frank asks Al why she did it. And she said she kind of felt like she had to do it and admits to uh, starting to think of him as a brother. Like this family is actually possibly coming together now. They're coming together. They're 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 getting there. I think. We, I mean, obviously, we know we're going to see a lot more of this. To where you know each, the two the two sides are going to be sticking up for each other in these kind of situations. Oh, and then kind of like unimportantly, like um, Frank's kind of like working <laughs> yeah. on fixing a blow dryer during this whole conversation, and then after right. the conversation ends, he plugs it in and blows everything off the kitchen table, and then tells Carol that he fixed it, and then the episode ends. Like there was, this blow dryer yep, wasn't in anything except for this last thirty seconds, right? Nope, it had nothing to do with anything. It was just something he was working on as a gag at the end. Like I don't think they needed it in the episode, but whatever. That's how they did it. That's the end of uh, that episode. Of they pulled it off better than that yeast gag in Family Matters. Oh come on! <laughs> I mean, it blew off everything on the table. It worked. It did a good job. It looked good. What What would you have done with the yeast? I would have, as soon as I had seen how it how it actually turned out, rewrote I would have just the episode. Been like, we got to We got to do something different. Yeah, this isn't gonna work. Instead of yeast, I, you know, you know what, you know what, the other part too, like that I, that episode was perfectly fine without the yeast part. Oh, like, come the on. whole storyline with with like Waldo, Laura, I mean, it it was it was a perfectly good storyline without adding the yeast part in there. But you have to show Steve screwing up somehow, and like, how do you do it? You can't do burning because that he already that just did. Happened. He already screwed up. He already he he already screwed up. He already like no, can't like work. You don't a, need to add that. You need that. a big screw up, I think. This is one of those examples where Family Matters 
overdoes the Steve Urkel part and takes away from the rest of the good story that's going on behind it. That oh, man. Is on, I mean, you don't need it. You just don't need it. You've fallen off the Steve Urkel wagon. I feel like you I'm loved not, not. him and now you're anti-Steve again. I'm not. Steve is great. Jaleel White is great. This episode, though, is I think a perfect example of just unnecessary Urkel that, that just didn't work. Jaleel, come on the show and defend that yeast for me. Let's do it. Let's hear it. All right, baby talk. It's going to get better now. Uh, season two, episode 16. <laughs> the name of the episode is The Prince and the Pooper. And it starts off with Mickey and some kid playing with toy fishing rods and pretending to fish. This, this episode gave me anxiety most of the time. All right, theme song. And, and, the, way, and the way that it's supposed to. And the way that it's supposed to. Come back to uh, Maggie. She's having some uh, some struggles. She's having a tough time feeding Mickey. And uh, I don't know. This whole parenting thing is uh, a little rough on her right now, it seems. Yeah, she's. it's the terrible twos. He's not eating. He's being fussy. He's just being, he's being a two-year-old. So James comes in. Uh, Maggie, she tells uh, James about her frustrations with Mickey. And uh, James, like, says, let me try to feed him. And then... Um, he thinks he knows what the problem is, that Mickey just wants to feed himself. And then he gives uh, Mickey the spoon of food, and Mickey just launches it right into James's face. Yeah, like some real dense oatmeal. And then uh, Mickey, obviously not out loud, but he says that uh, he's going to milk this terrible two thing for as long as he possibly can. <laughs> and then uh, James <laughs> says he's going to take Mickey to the park to go play with Max. Not Max from the last yep. episode different max it is max from the last episode no the last episode of step by step oh, oh, oh okay okay i was thinking remember the max that was randomly in an episode of baby talk this is Hackett. like two yeah, episodes yeah. this is that max. yeah we also find out when they get to the park that max's sister is zoe and this is that babysitter that she fired in like 10 seconds right it is it is it is zoe who was the babysitter from the last episode yeah and you know what's weird is that Lori and lillian so Lori is the woman who was cinderella and Lillian was one of the women who played the stepsisters from the last episode okay. are credited in this episode, but I didn't oh. catch them, catch them at all. I don't know if there was maybe a scene that was cut out or something that they, if they were in there, the for, only but... place they could be is like in the background of the park playing or something. Yeah. Yeah. There was no other, other like people that we don't know who they are. So I, I don't know. Maybe it was a scene that was cut, but they were supposed to be, they were credited in this episode. So but yeah, they... Zoe is the babysitter from the last episode. And we find out, uh, here that she is also Max's sister. I don't know if you said that. Yeah, Max's sister. Um, we also find out this little side angle that uh, she's got a crush on James and she's going to be hitting on, flirting with uh, James yeah. the entire episode, even though she's probably 15 and he's like 30 or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was also a little disappointed <laughs> they didn't have some guy playing with devil sticks in the background, but I guess not every episode. That did happen, didn't it? Yeah, it's probably expensive. So they they're like, look, we can't do this every time. What's expensive? Apart. Hiring the Devil State guy? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm joking, but yes. We um we were at my grandmother's house over the weekend, and we were talking about um, Pan Red Panda. Do you know who she is? She performs no. at like uh, basketball games, and she uh, balances bowls on her feet, and then like tosses them up and catches them on her head while she's on a unicycle. But yeah, I can see that. Sure. She performs at the UVA basketball games a lot, and we looked her up, and she performs like all over the place, like every NBA stadium or whatever. But how much do you think she gets paid per halftime performance? Do you know, or are you asking I know, me to like I know, truly I know. guess? I'm guessing 2,500 bucks. 10 grand. 10 grand? Yeah, to throw some bowls on her head. 
I mean, it's impressive. I mean, well, hey, why we can't we can't do anything even close to that? But that just seems like a lot to like the UVA basketball team's like, yeah, ten grand, no problem. Yeah, play that for somebody to come like per three minute performance. That's wild. I don't know. It seemed like a lot, but anyways, that had, her, the only man. reason Good I brought that up is because of Devil Sticks. Um, and then yeah. we uh, we go to back to the park. There's two other kids that arrive. Um, it, it was a little confusing. So one of them is uh, the acting twin of Mickey, and he's British. And then this other girl is like a friend of that kid, right? Yeah, yeah. So you got to kind of take a you got to kind of take a step back to explain who these kids are to really for it to make sense. So the little girl is Molly, and her mom is Diane, or her her caretaker babysitter is Diane. The other kid is Cyril. Cyril, like you said, is Mickey's twin. So the two twins that play Mickey, one of them is now playing Mickey, and one is playing this British baby Cyril. Um, and it took me a minute. I was like, those kids look this, like I was like, oh yeah, okay. So that is the twins. Cyril, his his like caretaker babysitter is Parson. And what we find out is that Parson and Diane um, have, have like a, they like each other relationship kind of going yeah. on where they meet in the park and hang out while right. uh, they're they watching bring the kids. Game. Yeah. Yeah. They basically use the kids as an excuse to go to the park. Cyril, Parson's been telling his people that he goes to central park, but he actually comes to this park in Queens Brooklyn. or Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's who they are. Cyril and Molly are the kids. Parson and Diane are the babysitters. That is where we are now. So we go back to James and Zoe. Zoe runs off to go, I think, grab her like poetry book of like poems that she's written about James or something. So right, right. She leaves James there watching uh, Mickey and Max, and then uh, the new kids come over. Um, Cereal? How do you spell that? Is did you, was it in the credits? C y r i l. How do you spell Cyril? like C y r i l? Cereal. I, I spelled it S I R A L, but maybe that was just so I remember. <laughs> no, uh, no. Probably not. Um, that's why I got the wor- <laughs> that's why I got the wordle today in six guesses because I can't spell. Um, uh, I got it in three. So Mickey and uh, Cyril start talking, and Mickey comes up with this plan, and we don't really find out what the plan is immediately, but we kind of are. We kind of can understand what's going on here that they're going to. You can see where this is going. They're going to switch places. So we go back to the apartment for just a minute. Maggie's apartment and uh, Maggie and Anita are there. And Maggie's reading like baby books, trying to figure out what is going on with Mickey. Why is he acting the way that he is? And Anita's like, don't worry. All kids go through this. Tony went through it. It's fine. And then uh, Maggie says that she just wants Mickey to, or no, she thinks that Ma- that Mickey resents her because uh, doesn't have a father. That's her. That's her. That's her concern. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, she's. I don't know. They're, it's almost like doing what you hated earlier, where they're kind of like forgetting about the whole James part of this whole story, like. He's been well, there. Well, she she sees it more as like a this is what's caused his trauma in the past, and he she thinks he's carrying it with him into the future. I, I think it's a little bit different because she's not saying that he doesn't really have a father anymore. It's just that that is what's kind of got it. I think it's a little bit more so psychological. Let me, let me go back to the park, and uh, this plan that Mickey came up with is happening right now. Uh, Mickey and Cyril end up trading hats because they're both dressed in like the exact same yellow raincoat. Yeah. So all they have to do exactly. is really train at trade hats. Um, uh, Max agrees to help him, like 
cover, I guess, if anything happens, because Max can talk, I guess. I don't know how he's going to help, but... Uh, you can talk to them. We can cry. Just saying. For some reason, they think it would also help if they end up uh, putting mud on each other, which when they go to actually do this, like physically, like they start using pudding instead of mud. I don't know why they decided <laughs> pudding was the right... Because it probably is like stickier and, and looks better on, on film. I guess, or it looks like chocolate pudding, but... Uh, James ends up going over, taking Cyril instead of Mickey because he sees the hat. The other parents take uh, Mickey instead of Cyril. And then uh, we get back to uh, James uh, getting Mickey back to Maggie. But uh, as he gets into the apartment, oh, yeah, Cyril, he has Cyril. He's getting, he thinks he's getting Mickey back to Maggie, but he actually has Cyril. And he tries to uh, rush and get into the bathroom to give Mickey a bath. So I guess maggie doesn't see him dirty is that the idea he is i think he doesn't want maggie to, he, he doesn't want maggie to be mad that, that he let mickey get so dirty yeah i think another another important thing to mention here is part of mickey and cyril's plan is that they'll just re-switch the next day at the park when they see each other and and so that's that's kind of the goal here is that when they oh, see so this each other is just tomorrow, a one day kind of plan. a one night okay yeah yeah because 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 really what it was was like was Mickey wanted to see what it was like to live like in a fancy apartment and have a dad and, and all that stuff. All right. So, um, bath time. Um, what did I put here? Mickey gets back to his grandmother. Oh, like the fake Cyril, like the real Mickey back. Oh, okay. Uh, cause they drop him off with like his grandmother, not like, uh, well, Parsons does like, it's not his parents that are in there. For yeah. 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 So yeah, Evelyn uh, is the name of the the name of it was his grand. I didn't catch it. It was his grandma. I just thought it was like another housekeeper. It could have been because that's you know it's a wealthy British couple that live in a fancy New York apartment. So yeah. So uh, by the way, she was the she was the housekeeper from Hook. If that you know oh, makes a difference, to anybody that was the number one movie for a while. It was. She's it was. rolling in that uh, baby talk money now. Absolutely, she doesn't even remember being in Hook. She's like, whatever. I was doing baby talk. It doesn't matter. All right, so um, Cyril also has a baby sister, which is kind of important in this episode. Um, she talks to him and knows that something is up pretty quickly, and Mickey tells her that her brother Cyril is in Brooklyn, and they're going to trade back eventually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's only important in the sense that she has conversations with Mickey, but like obviously she doesn't affect the fact that he's there or not there. Yep, so uh, we go back to Maggie's apartment where James is finishing up uh, Cyril's bath and um, they put him in his... What did I put here? Something about the clothes. This is where we get the clothes. Um. Yeah, so th- things are going kind of back and forth pretty quick here and there's a lot of like cuts. But So we go back, James is giving uh, Cyril a bath and then we cut, they cut back from there to the British apartment and Evelyn, who is the the other caretaker or grandma or whoever, she she's the first one that like looks at the clothes that Mickey came in in and realizes that these are not the these clothes didn't look familiar to her. And that's when Parsons like, well, I don't know the 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 missus dressed him this morning, so maybe it's just some new clothes that she bought. Um, and then we go back to the apartment with James, and James is downstairs doing the laundry. At which point Zoe comes in. Yeah, and she's just trying to like flirt and help. She's flirting more. Um she starts talking about like everything that she likes about James and James tries to get her to go away, but, um, <laughs> ends up saying like, um, I need to go to my girlfriend's apartment. And then, and then he goes back up to, uh, to Maggie's. Right. 
Yeah, he does. And up in the apartment, uh, Cyril is playing with Danielle and Danielle has figured out what's going on. And I'm pretty sure Danielle's like, I want nothing to do with this. Like this seems, this is just not going to go, go well. Yeah. And then James comes back up from doing the laundry and he's got a uh, Cyril's clothing and Maggie immediately realizes that these are not Mickey's clothes, but for some reason can't connect anything together. Like she, like they think they just magically appeared on them or something. Like they're not even like, <laughs> yeah. oh wait, maybe these are, maybe like they should think of this a little more than just like, oh, I guess he just got some new clothes at the park today. Well, that, and that's what made me, that, that's one of the things that made this whole thing a little, like so anxiety, anxiety inducing is like, she looks at the clothes. She knows they're not his clothes. She's like, these are from London. I don't know how he would get these clothes, but they, she never takes like any kind of step to be like, do what did anything weird happen at the park? Was there maybe like another, like, obviously thinking that your child got switched to the park is so far away from a normal thing because you don't think that there's going to be a twin of your yeah. kid at the park. So like, it's a hard leap to make, but there's just no effort to, to like figure out where this entirely different outfit that you obviously don't own came from. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I agree. It's, 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 it's weird because like, what, what is she supposed to think? But like, is she just supposed to think nothing like yeah, she she's got to think know. a little something more than just like these clothes appeared on him magically, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Like you need to be talking to James a lot more than just like, do you know what happened? No. Okay. So then we go back to uh, Cyril's apartment and his parents get home. They don't even uh, recognize. Well, I mean, I guess they wouldn't, but they don't realize it's a different kid because they're not even really looking at him, like paying attention to him. They're kind of like doing other things. Um, right. Well, that's the whole gimmick we get from them is that they're really disconnected parents. They're 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 not in the house very often. They don't pay much attention to the kids. They've got the caretakers. Mickey is like, oh, uh, this dad isn't even a real dad. He's not around. Like this isn't the experience I was hoping to get. Um, but that's the whole thing is they're like they're disconnected. Yeah. And then the dad tells Parsons, um, hey, I need you to get things ready. We're leaving for London tomorrow. So this whole family's moving back to London. And Mickey is now worried because he feels like he's never going to see his mom again. If they take him to London, he's going to London with him. And then Cyril's sister's like, well, don't worry. As soon as you can talk, you can just explain the whole situation to him. Yeah, this is this is when things really start to get anxiety-inducing for me because it's like, how are they going to get Mickey back to, to Mac? Obviously, they are, but man, how, what's the what's the plot line here? Because the, the, obviously, the implication is they have no time to go to the park tomorrow to do the switchback. Yeah, so um, Cyril's sister tells him, uh, well, in the meantime, let's just have some fun. And then she just starts smashing plates on the ground. <laughs> and, then, Fine China. and then Mickey's like, I want to go home. So then we go back I'm to uh, Maggie still trying to figure out what's going on with these clothes, but not really trying to figure him out. Just trying to figure out like no. why he has different clothes. And um, they end up. I, or just James James t- takes him to the park again Maggie doesn't go right yeah yeah well I had the James and Maggie lead to take him to the park but I don't remember Maggie being there um, yeah I wrote they I take know. Cyril to the park but I don't remember Maggie being at the park either um, yeah I don't know so they go off to the park um, we go back to uh, Cyril's apartment and his parents are trying to leave trying to go get packed for London but uh, Mickey's just like throwing stuff out of the suitcase, making it real hard for them to leave. Well, he's being the Mickey that he was when he, you know, at the beginning of the episode, which is the terrible twos Mickey. And so, yeah, I think Parsons it's a combination. Like, hey, I think it's a combination of that and Mickey trying to keep uh, these parents that are not his from taking him to London, too. That's fair. That's fair. Sure. 
Um, so then we go to the park. Um, and we didn't think uh, he was going to be there, but Parsons shows up. He uh, snuck out, went to that Brooklyn Park again, and has Mickey with him. So uh, that way he can say goodbye to this love interest of his, and Mickey can say Diana. goodbye, I guess, to the other kids. And then Mickey and Cyril um, can't wait to switch back. They uh, they flip hats again because they're both wearing raincoats again when it's not raining outside for some reason. But, uh, you know. Story, man. Um. I wrote down, James wants Maggie to talk to Zoe, and then uh, Parsons takes Cyril. Is that kind of... So I guess Maggie must have been there then if James was talking to her about Zoe. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so then back at the apartment, at Maggie's apartment, Maggie um, takes the uh, rain jacket off Mickey, sees that he's got these London clothes on once again. Yeah, and- another set of London clothes. Maggie tells him, uh, well, whenever you can talk, if you can remember this, just uh, tell me what happened. And as they're leaving the room, like they're putting Mickey to sleep as they leave the room, James like turns in and like says Mickey's name to see if he'll respond. And he does. And yeah, it's me. That's it. And then uh, some more kids playing fishing poles. So the thing though, like, Okay, A, you're not going to think your kid got switched because you, at this point you recognize your kid and you don't assume that there's... I mean, there's the, the, the fact that Maggie couldn't just tell that Cyril was not Mickey. I mean, I understand that they're supposed to be twins and look like each other, but obviously they're not yeah. going to be twins. There's going to be differences. I don't know. It just seemed far-fetched. Mickey also had a lot shorter of a haircut than he did last episode. He got a haircut. I, I didn't notice. And I also, notice. I put I put in here they put some real dramatic, like classical music in the scene where James is uh, going back to see if it's actually Mickey. Like the music was like pretty intense. <laughs> I didn't notice. I didn't notice. I just was like, uh, okay, like none of this is so awkwardly unbelievable. But like, I also don't know. I don't know how I would respond in that situation. I don't know what I would think in that situation. But I would definitely have more conversations. Yeah, for sure. All right, so last episode this week, this is Billy season one, episode two. I didn't write names of art- of any of these episodes. I don't know if they have names or not somewhere. They do. This one is Hot Stuff. <laughs> hot Stuff. All right, starts off hot after the theme stuff. song with uh, Mary. I finally got her name. Um, telling telling a story about Billy to her friend Shayna. Is that what's going on? Shayna, yep. Well, she's kind of telling... Shane is really more asking questions about the relationship and, and, uh, and, and she's explaining like, yeah, he lives downstairs. We're married. But, okay. You know, like just yeah. telling like the deal that they have going on pretty much. Right. So um, we're getting more explanation in this part of the show about what this whole show is about than we did in all of the last. The show. intro explains it all. I thought it was, I thought that was just going to be an intro just for first episode. Like they were going to get a theme song eventually, but it's still that same, like, hi, my name's Billy and I came from Scotland and I used to be a teacher. And now this girl lets me live yeah. in a house and we both have this relationship going on and everything's okay. Yeah. I mean, it is, you're right. They did. They do it in the, in the credits, but I don't know. It just, you, I want to see it in the show. This is the, I think the closest we're going to get. All right, so a few things happen here. Shayna tells Mary that she wants to borrow Billy to go out on a date with her to this dinner thing. And uh, Mary's like, "Ah, I don't really want to. I think it would be weird. And uh, eventually, though, Mary gives in and says, all right, you can take him. Yeah, and she kind of does bring up the whole, like, it's weird that, like, the guy that I'm married to would go on a date even though we're not really married. But, yeah, like you said, she gives in. I I can already tell that 
what's going to happen with this show is what you hate about baby talk with like this relationship that's unclear and they're going to start liking each other or something. And then it just feels a lot like the relationship with Maggie and James to me. Well, I mean, there's, they've had the same conversation at the end of both episodes so far. All right. So, uh, David, her son comes in and, uh, immediately. Well, real quick, Shana does ask Billy to go on this date and Billy agrees to go on the date. So is she, that does happen. I think it's important to mention. Oh, that already happens. Okay. Um, David comes in, Maggie immediately smells smoke on David and is like, Hey, are you smoking? And he's like, no. And like, it's weird here because like, she doesn't believe him, but at the same time, like, it's almost like she does believe him. I don't know. It felt weird to me. Well, he gives a better explanation than he did for the whole basketball thing in the last episode where he says that his friends wanted him to smoke and he said no, so his friends blew smoke in his face just to, you know, to be jerks. And um, and he knows that his mom doesn't like the smell of smoke, so he got an air freshener from the gas station and put it around his neck. Oh, right, right, right. He was wearing an air freshener. That's right. So yeah. I think in the end, she doesn't believe him and Billy doesn't believe him and kind of tells her, look, he's definitely smoking. And they decide that she needs to sit down with David and tell him why it's bad to smoke. And uh, maybe that'll get him to stop. And then Billy's like, I can get him to stop. Yeah. Billy's got a plan. Billy's got a plan. So our first commercial break, we've got uh, just two ads, Caldwell Banker and Nutrigrain bars this break. No, nothing. Yeah, great. it was short. It was short. Um, we then go to uh, the two daughters, uh, Laura and Annie, playing piano and violin. Uh, Billy and Mary are in the kitchen putting away dishes. There's like a stupid gag here of Billy like saying like, "Where does this go?" And then she's like, "Up there." And he pulls out another the exact same plate. Where does this go? And she's like, "Right where you put the other plate. That's exactly the same." I don't know. I mean, I remembered it was memorable, but it was stupid memorable. Um, stupid. Annie comes in and says that her and Laura have decided they don't want to practice anymore. Mary's like, you got to go practice. And then Mary tells Billy um, that she doesn't think it's a good idea for him to go out on this date with Shayna, especially because the right. whole situation they have going on, um, it could lead to some trouble later if they find out, if someone finds out that they're not actually married, I guess. Which I think is a valid point. I think that, that is, I think that, I think it's a valid point. You know what, like the... Ed got you know Ed the the immigrations guy taking pictures of sure. of him and him and uh, Shana on a date. Um, she also does remind him though that there is no sex allowed in the house. Yep, so. got to rem- got to remind him of those rules that they had, all six of them or whatever. Yep, that's the big one though for right now. Um, all right, so later on, uh, David comes into the living room where Billy's sitting, and this is where Billy's gonna unleash his plan to get uh, David to stop smoking, and he tells him um, right first talks to him about his stomach and like he's trying to make him feel sick about eating and smoking i guess i don't know it was kind of a weird take i thought well he has this crazy ice cream that he comes in with and i think that that's why he goes on the ranch about eating i'm not really sure how much it has to do with smoking, smoking unless yeah. he's just trying to like prime him for discomfort so then bully uh billy pulls out a cigar and he starts like i don't know like fondling and showing how beautiful this cigar is and um he tries to give one to David, and then he gets David to admit that he's smoking by like I don't know. It, I didn't. I didn't really feel like this was the best approach that Billy was going with. This plan, I have. I have. I don't like this plan at all. It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. So he gets him to admit that he's smoking, and then Billy talks about how great his cigar is, and then asks David if he wants to try it. 
and then Billy shows him like how to smoke a cigar the right way, and then they start smoking cigars together in the living room. Right. Right. And then uh, they skip That's ahead. What happens. Yeah, they skip ahead a few minutes later. The whole room is now full of cigar smoke. Um, David looks like he's not feeling that good and says that he wants some water. And then uh, Billy's like, oh, I don't want any water. I would rather have a, a glass of vintage port. And then he tries to get David to drink or admits that he's an alcoholic or something. <laughs> well, I think he kind of sighed. Like, he's just kind of, in a way, messing around. Like, do you drink too? Like, just try to test test the waters. Yeah. So David goes off into the kitchen to uh, get some water. To, he's looking like... And to really get some fresh air as well. Yeah. He's looking real sick. Um Billy looks sick in the living room. Have you have you smoked cigars? You probably have, right? Yeah. Does yeah, it, yeah. Does it make you feel sick the first time? I mean, smoking in general, if you've never smoked before, is not. it can make you feel sick. Here's what I don't understand about this, though, is that Billy, it seems as though Billy's plan is, the, this is the classic plan when you have a kid that smokes, is you make them smoke a lot so they get sick and they don't mm-hmm. like it. That's, and David calls him out for that at the very beginning. He's like, that's not what you're going to try to get me to do, is it? But the thing is, Billy gets just as sick as David. It's almost like Billy has never smoked as well. So the, it's like, I, I'm going to teach you about not drinking by getting you so drunk that you you get a hangover and you get sick and you hate it. But I also have known nothing about drinking. So I'm just going to be as miserable as you. Like, I, I, I feel like Billy, you're supposed to think that Billy is coming into this with like a, a like some experience and, and like know how of what he's doing and what he's what he's. Like yeah, I mean, the way he's, like, talking too. about this cigar and, like, how to light it yeah. and how to, like, roll it and how all this stuff about it, like, he, it sounds like he knows a lot about all of it, but... But he ends up in just the same situation that David is in. Well, like, he's he almost doesn't... worse. Like, David collapses on the floor in the living room, is laying there, can't move, then, yeah. um, well, and then da- Billy collapses, and then David comes back in, ends up, like, laying down on the floor next to uh, Billy, and then the smoke alarm goes off, and then the girls wake up. Yeah, Annie and Laura come downstairs and see them. But like, it's you know lot. what I mean? Like, what's the what's I don't know. the? I feel like if you're going to come into this situation as the adult and as the person teaching the lesson, you can't just you got you got to have some one up on the on the person you're teaching the lesson to. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, commercial break, big one this time. Um, we've yeah. got that Darkwing Duck Pizza Hut ad once again, and Advil still there. Cold and sinus ad. Did you get the Did you get the Batman Little Caesars? I did. Yeah. I liked yeah, it. It's yeah. good, right? Yeah. Um, Murphy's Oil Soap ad. Um, 2020 tonight. Do uh, do models need breast implants? And then ABC in concert with Lou Reed, Lenny Kravitz, and a brand new band called Smashing Pumpkins. A little band you've probably never heard of. Maybe not in 91. I don't know. What what did they have out in 91? It's 92. 92. 92. This yeah. was probably when, like, like, was Gish coming out right then? Okay. So, I mean, it's early on, Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, definitely made, did more for themselves than uh, than Ratcat. <laughs> uh, so after the commercials, we come to the fire department is at the house. Um, the entire yeah, neighborhood come out. The entire neighborhood's at the front door watching what's going on. <laughs> Maggie's trying to fight her way through this crowd, and the fireman uh, lets them know that uh, they have acute nicotine reaction. And uh, yeah. I, it's stupid. <laughs> it, it it is. It, I mean, I, we just talked about it at nauseum, but like, it just doesn't make sense. It's just not. 
not a well thought out plan by Billy. Laura tells her mom that the two of them were smoking. Mary says she already knew that. The whole neighborhood already knew that. And uh, I guess Billy probably said, uh, yeah, Billy says, well, at least he's off cigars now. And then uh, Mary's, what's her name? Mary um, says, well, he was never on cigars. And then uh, (laughs) that means he'll never... Oh, then uh, Billy says, trust me, he'll never smoke again. And that's kind of like the end of that scene. Yep. And that's the end of the smoking. Well, I guess not. There's still a little bit more. But. Uh, go to Mary in the kitchen. Shana comes in talking about um, like go talking about going out with Billy and wants to borrow some earrings from her. Uh, Billy right. comes in and uh, she tells Billy that she's really looking forward to tonight. And te- um, she gets the earrings, tells them bye. She leaves. And then Mary tells Billy that it was a really nice thing what he did with David, uh, getting him to stop smoking. <laughs> You almost killed my son, but it's all good. Don't worry about it. Killed your what? Son. Oh, I thought you were... Billy. Billy almost killed her son, but she's like, thanks. I appreciate the effort. Yeah. Um, She said toxic, but nice, and then thanks him. And then Mary uh, tells Billy that uh, she doesn't really like Shannon going out with him. And then David comes down, and um, she wants David to finally tell her the truth about smoking. I guess that hasn't happened yet. And David does admit to smoking. He admits to lying to her. And like kind of like what we had the last episode, like he's learned from Billy that if he tells his mom like the truth about what happened, it kind of works for her, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's part of the whole moral of the show is like be honest, you know. Yeah, he starts in a house where there that's where everything is a lie. Like, be honest. Yeah, he does blame peer pressure, and uh, she forgives him. And then Billy starts requesting a bunch of food for breakfast for some reason. I don't know. Like, he's I, I like, oh, I'd part. like I'd like a muffin with an egg, but I want the egg cooked this way with it fried on one side and a little gooey on top. And then if you flip it over, uh, oh yeah, I don't yeah, know why he was that. doing all that, but he I don't either. All right, so a little later on. Um, We've got Billy getting home from getting his tux because he agreed um, with Mary that he was going to wear a tux on this date. So he's back home. He's got his tux in his hand. Um, He tells David that he smells cigarettes. And David tells him that he's still smoking, right? Like he hasn't given it up, that he's just going to do it a couple more times and then he won't get sick anymore. Is that kind of where it goes? Exactly. Yeah, he's he's going to work his tolerance up. So David says... um, Everyone gets sick at first and tells Billy that uh, he's not his father. He shouldn't be telling him what to do and how to do things. Yeah. And Billy's like, what is how, what is Billy's response to that? He's like, that's why I'm not t- like telling you what to do or I can't tell you what to do. But if you he, don't do it, I'll tell you. Then he said, I'm gonna, I wrote down Billy tells him. You up. Billy tells but, him, no, I'm not your father, but I'm the one that's here. And I'm the one that's going to tell you what's right and wrong and what you should be doing. But he also says like I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna like take you outside and kick your ass if I if you don't do what I tell you to do. Yeah, he probably says that too. Um, David said that uh, he's not addicted to cigarettes. He can quit smoking at any time. And he's like, and now seems like a pretty good time after he's threatened by Billy <laughs> to be beaten right up right. outside. So then we got a Billy uh, later on the night. He's getting home from his date with Mary uh, with uh, with Shana, and he tells Mary that. Okay. Uh, he did not enjoy the uh, the dinner slash dance. That was not what he was expecting. And Mary tells him that uh, she that 
Mary tells him she wasn't being fair. Oh, I guess with like telling him who we can date and that kind of thing, right? Right. And just so that she is like waiting up for him. Like she has been sitting at the kitchen table, obviously waiting well, up for him. Well, they commented it's only 1030. She hasn't been waiting up that long. She's like sitting at the kitchen table doing nothing. She's waiting for him to get home. Um. So Billy says it's going to take a long time to get used to the situation that they have, the like the marriage and the sleeping downstairs and all that stuff. And Mary's like, well, maybe we should just go to bed. And like Billy's like, oh, you want to go to bed with me? And then like motions like they motion to like the basement. And it looks like she's going to go down there with them. Like maybe this is happening. But then like Billy goes into the basement and she shuts the door behind him and is like, good night, Billy. And then he says, good night, Mrs. McGregor. And then that's that's the end, I think, right? Well, yeah. The other thing that happens, though, before that little gag is that they have a whole conversation about maybe they should be dating other people. Maybe they should see other people. That they, they do the whole, like, are we getting too close thing again? And, like, have that same conversation that they had last time about, you know, be, trying to keep their distance. They're going to hook up at some point. It's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, of course. That's, like, the point of these shows. Um, so after the episode, we've got commercials for uh, the Pepsi $10 multi-pack giveaway. Did you participate in this in 1992? I did see that. I don't remember it, but I, 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 I you know, obviously I saw the commercial. So you don't think you participated it in it in 92, though? I don't know. I, I, it wouldn't have been me participating. It would have been my parents. I don't remember. I don't you know. seem like someone that would go buy two 12-packs of Pepsi so you get 10 bucks back. I would not have been doing that no. in 1992. I, no, at the age of 10, I was not spending my money on... 10 pa- 12 packs of Pepsi. There's an ad for a uh, Drixerol, which is apparently a medicine that was out in 1992 that uh, you didn't need a prescription for, but it was prescription strength. I don't know where that medicine is nowadays. Of- I feel like something probably happened. I have no that. idea. Uh, <laughs> Gynlotrimin, which is like a vaginal paste or something that you can get. And then uh, there's a I Love Saturday promo with, uh, with what, Who's the Boss and Perfect Strangers. Then a February. And the other one. What's the other? And show? the other one. Growing what? pains. Oh, growing pains. pains. I feel like they didn't show it on that promo. Maybe they did. And then there's a whole ad for did. February is fresh on ABC, and they're going through like every single show, like original series on ABC, with like all the comedy yeah. and all the drama. And then a TGIF promo with uh, Billy, David, and Mary on a couch talking about next week's TGIF. Yeah, like next week's Valentine's Day. What do you? What you know? What will happen with Laura and 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 uh, Urkel? Well, Laura will finally ask out Steve, and he's, he's like, well, "What's yeah. gonna happen?" I, don't, I I like that we have these uh, unedited episodes of Billy, so we can see all these promos, though. I do too. I mean, the promos are fun. You can find a lot of the promos for you know all the years on on YouTube. Which is just it would be so much work to actually like match them up yeah, to the yeah, weeks yeah, that sure. we we needed to. But yeah. That is fun. That's a lot of fun. Whoever recorded this is also the same person that recorded TJF like last year when we watched the summer shows because it's it's Akron, Ohio, <laughs> local news or something. <laughs> it is. All right. Is. I think Drixerall is still around for what it's worth. What is? Drixerall? I think so. I've never yeah. seen I've never even heard of it. Like no one's ever I told mean, me, I hey, can you run up to Walgreens and pick up some Drixerall? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, as of 2008, it was removed by the in, from the U.S. market. Huh. Uh, I thought, in Canada, though. I thought there was going to be some like big story of how like they determined that it was really harmful to you, and like they pulled it off the shelves or something. No. Oh wait, hold on. It's okay. So it's its purchase was restricted because it contains 
pseudoephedrine, which is under one of those like you got to show an ID yeah, to yeah. buy it type medicines. Uh, maybe that's why they pulled in the U.S. It just was too much of a pain to actually try to sell. All right, let's rank them. What do you got? You want to go first? You want me to go? All first? right, I will go first. I'm gonna put Billy at four. Okay. Family Matters at three. Whoa. Okay. Baby Talk at two, and per or, uh, Step by Step at one. This might be the most different we've ever been. <laughs> so yeah. I've got Baby Talk at four, Billy at three, Step by Step at two, and Family Matters at one. I mean, your Step by Step is is close. That that the that the dough was so good. That was was what ruined the entire. I, I I liked everything about that episode. I liked the premise of the entire episode. I did not like that. That gag ruined it for me. Ruined it. Uh, what do we have coming up next week on the show, Travis? Full. Yeah, man, we got a full week next week. Family Matters season three, episode eighteen. Step by Step season one, episode seventeen. Baby Talk season two, episode seventeen, and Billy season one, episode three. Uh, follow us on all social media at TGIF cast, shoot us emails, especially with your own version of the TGIF theme song. You can do that. TGIF cast at gmail.com. Thanks to Aishar for submitting this week's song. Yes. Thank you, Aishar. And, um, you know, do that thing, like subscribe, all those things, whatever you do. I think, I think my Let daughter know has you more YouTube subscribers than us already. That's not true. Let us know what you think about the the yeast gag in this episode, because I want I want to know I want I want some other opinions. I want some outside outside opinions. It's awesome. Everyone's gonna side with me. Maybe maybe. Uh, but, all right. Anything else, Steve? Now are we? Hold on. This is important. The yeast gag minus Waldo taking the cups, or is that included in the yeast gag? That's included in the yeast gag. I mean, that was my favorite part of the. The yeast crowd gag. went, but sure, yeah, I mean, crazy when he did that, and they should have because it was because it was funny. because it was hilarious. It yeah. was funny, and it was the only thing that was funny in that whole like seven minute gag. And when Laura um, threw Cassie Lynn into it, that, see that that made me even more. Uh, she's like, "We gotta help," and then they literally just dive into it. They don't do anything to help. They it's we they, gotta they help. Nothing. Hey, no, she's like Cassie Lynn, go help, and then pushes her into it. No, she no. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go not, back and watch it. They, Go back and watch it. They they both dive into it. <laughs> she they falls in behind her, but she's Laura, like I'll give you, Cassie I'll Lynn, give you gotta go you, do something. I will give you credit that Laura might push Cassie Lynn into the yeast, but Laura throws herself into the yeast as well. And she does, does nothing do to actually help the situation. It was just so they could get so. underneath the yeast and she could like throw through a few punches in there when the teacher's not looking. No. It was stupid. No. No. I just, watched, what you uh, all think, I just watched all Cobra Kai yesterday. I just want some fights to happen in high schools. Uh, uh, maybe that's what's going on. Yeah. Maybe that's what's going on. All right. All right, man. Have a good week, Steve. You got it, dude. It's Friday night and the mood is right. We're going to have some fun. Show you how it's done. TGIA. TGIA.